faithfulness is what I've chosen to speak on today. And sometimes people think faithfulness means to come and sit on the pew. And really, faithfulness encounters so much more than sitting on the pew, although that is part of it. Uh, There are three aspects of faithfulness I have drawn up in my lesson. One is that once that we've been immersed into Christ in Acts or uh, Galatians 3.27, we're baptized into Christ. Once we're immersed into Christ, we must be immersed in the work of Christ. In uh, 1 Corinthians 15.58, Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Don't go to sleep on me, okay? I want you to hear me. I want you to hear what God has to say about our faithfulness. In uh, Hebrews chapter 11, 23 and 24, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Do you hear what the writer said? For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. That's very important that we take that to heart. We should not be discouraging to one another. We need to be encouraging. We need to be abounding. Colossians 3, 1, Paul said, If you be risen with Christ, seek those things that are above. If you be risen with Christ... God, listen, God knows our hearts. God's looking in our hearts right now. God knows if we really have set our minds on things above, that if our goal is truly heaven, he knows that. Another aspect of faithfulness is to be dependable. You know, in 1 Corinthians 4.2, it says that it is required of a steward that a man be found faithful. It's required. And think about your life. What we want you to do as leaders of the congregation here is to think about each one of our lives. Are we dependable in the kingdom of Christ? Oh, I know, I know, we, yeah, we're dependable to come to services all the time, but... Are you dependable in that if a responsibility was given to you, that you will carry out that responsibility like God would want you to do? And let me tell you, every one of us, we don't have to be elders and deacons to have responsibilities to God. Young people, listen. That's what it's all about. We volunteered for this. If you're a Christian, you volunteered. God did not twist your arm. He did not hold a gun to your head. He simply said, come follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. And a lot of us have followed Jesus, but we don't want to be fishers of men. And that is that we promote, promote the things that concern in the kingdom of Christ. And you know, part of the Part of the dependability is our attendance to worship. 
You know, in, in that same chapter in Hebrews chapter 11, and then we talk about this a lot, but listen, it's very important. It is very important that you are faithful to attend. He said in verse 25, For not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of sorted. Now, he followed this up with exhorting one another and causing each other to be stirred up to good works and to love. But exhort one another so much the more see the day approaching. For if we sin willfully after we receive the knowledge of the truth, there. I want to tell you something. Dusty, and this is something you need to really get in your mind. If your children are ever going to be dependable in the kingdom of Christ, they're going to have to be faithful to attend the worship assembly. Not only, it's not just sitting on the pew. We've fallen in love with God and with His Son, and we want to worship Him and adore Him, and we show that by this time together. And we will worship. Jesus said, true worshipers will worship the what? In spirit and in truth. He's, so God, Jesus, way back before he died on the cross, already assumed that we were going to worship God. So he said, true worshipers. Uh, we must be dependable in various aspects of our Christian life. We must be dependable to teach the gospel of Jesus Christ not only to our neighbors, but start at home with your families. Teach them to love God. Teach them to put the kingdom of Christ first in their life. And you, I know many of you saying, Brother Shockley, I've heard this time and again. I know. Paul always said, I put you in remembrance about these things, lest you let them slip. Men, young men, to be an elder or a deacon in the church, you're going to have to be faithful. To attendance, you're going to have to be dependable to carry out responsibilities. And young ladies... You marry men that are dependable and that are responsible. Don't settle for men that will not be responsible and that will not be dependable because they won't be it to you either. If they won't be it to God, they won't be it to you. When the time comes, they will do what they want to do. Make sure that the guys that you pick and the women that you all pick in life if you choose to marry, will be men and women that love God and that are dependable to faithfully serve God. Another aspect to be faithful is that we must overcome failure. Now that seems a bit odd, but yes, we allow things to keep us from serving God. Faithfulness Faithfulness is not perfection. A faithful Christian is not one who never makes mistakes. He is one who falls but gets up and tries again. And the greatest example of this is Peter in the New Testament. We've seen that time and again in Peter's life. But Peter went on to become one of the great pillars 
of the gospel of Jesus Christ because he never quit. Listen, I want to tell you, and I'm going to be honest with you, okay? I'm going to level with you. This year, I've seen some of you draw back. I've seen some of you sort of slip away from those commitments you made. I want you to renew your commitment this year. We don't know why you do that. We don't know why. Because the day of reckoning always comes. I I thought about this this week. Danny, I'm going to give you some time. I thought, you know, if they stoned us to death in the church for not doing right, maybe that would keep us faithful. But that wasn't what God wanted. He wanted the people that loved him. Okay, I'm going to end up with this here. You've made a good bargain because in Proverbs, he says, buy the truth but sell it not. You made a good deal. Keep it. You planted an important crop. Don't forsake it. As Jesus said, the good ground are they which in honest and good hearts, having heard the word, kept it and brought forth fruit. You're in line for a blessing. Blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. And you've started a journey to a wonderful place. Don't stop. Don't give up. Paul said in Acts 20 that I might finish my course with joy. He knew he was going to to be uh, persecuted and all for what he's done, but he said, I want to finish. Listen, this year we do, do tremendous work here, great things. Many of you do. But this year let's have the best attitude. Let's be in, in unity with one another. Let's work together like you've never seen for the Lord and see the increase. Katie's shaking her head. Yes. And see the increase that God will give. God said, I, you, can't, you can't outgive me. Danny? <clears throat> well, I'm riding on James' coattails again. He, uh, he's supposed to speak today, but... I knew I couldn't talk for 30 minutes, so I asked him if I could share the time with him. And I appreciate James. appreciate his example to me and my family. Um, appreciate all the elders. The elders here at Fountainhead, we love you and we care about you. We want you to be servants of Jesus Christ, as Chad talked about. And I want to say before I get started that, that we understand it may be one or more of you didn't get to call about Dennis. And we apologize for that. It wasn't done intentionally. And we'll see what the problem was and, and try to correct it. But uh, didn't do anything on purpose. And we apologize. But our elders want you to be servants. We want you to be here. We want you to care about the church here. We want you to care about your families. We want you to lead your families in the right way. Our country today has got so far away from God that it's just a, it's, it's awful. And our country was founded on the belief of God. Our forefathers said if we believe God and we trust God and we put our faith in God and live the way God wants us to, he's going to bless us, and he has. He's blessed our country and he's blessed our families. They wanted God talked about in public. They wanted their families 
to be taught God. They wanted their children to be taught God. And that's the way we have to be today. But today, we're getting away from it. We can't even talk about God in school anymore. You know, the only time God is brought up is when something bad happens, like the shootings in Connecticut. You know, where was God? That's what people that don't believe in God, that's when they want to bring him up. Okay? The reason God's not talked about in our country is because God's not being talked about in our homes. We have got to teach our children about God. We've got to, we've got to teach them the right way. We've got to know what they're doing. When we're in our house, what are we teaching our children? Are we reading the Bible with them? Are we studying the Bible with them? Are we talking about things that are happening in our lives and going to the Bible to find out the, the answers? That's what we've got to do. Or are we letting our children be taught by the TV, by the video games? I was watching the news after, after that accident up there. There was a retired military officer. His job now is to go around the country and train policemen how to defend themselves. He goes around the country and teaches policemen how to kill people. He said the video games that are out now can teach a child how to kill as good or better than him. What are our children doing in the house? What are they learning in our own homes? Let me ask you a question. When we went to bed last night, when all of us went to bed, did we know without saying anything, did we have the understanding with our family that when we got up this morning, we were coming to Bible school? Or when we woke our children up, our families up, did they ask, are we going to church today? Or did you ask them, do you want to go to church today? I'm going to tell you, we can't get to heaven one hour a week. It's not going to happen. We can't get to heaven four hours a week. But that's the start in the right direction. We need to be here. And our family needs to be here. We do a lot of stuff here at Fountainhead that you can be involved in, that your family can be involved in. Just this year, we'd had the soul sowers. We always have a gospel meeting, have a family rally. As Doug talked about, we go to the nursing home at least three times a month. You know, we started the Tuesday-Thursday school, the Fountainhead Tuesday-Thursday school. It's ours. Did the fruit baskets, did we participate in any of that? Did we help out in any of that? We're having the cards, uh, the card, I done lost my, whatever we're calling it now, handing out the cards this year. Are we going to participate in that? Elders, if we, do we participate in it? We're the leaders of the church. Are we going to get involved in what's going on here? The deacons. You're part of the leadership. Are you involved in what's going on? All the members, are we going to be involved? Are we going to be servants to God this year? If we don't, as elders and deacons and parents, if we don't get involved, what are we telling our children? What are we teaching them? Do, are we teaching them about the Bible? Do we really believe what the Bible says? Or are we just here? You know, do we believe the Bible until it starts to interfere with our way of thinking? 
or it makes it inconvenient to live our lives the way we want to live them. I was studying with someone not too long ago, and I asked, do you believe in the Bible? And they said, yes, I do. But they said, I, can't, I don't think God is going to not let a good person into heaven. And I said, you just told me you believe in the Bible. Let's look back in the Bible. Let's think back to Noah. You know, God told Noah and the people of Noah what he was going to do. There was eight people that survived. Eight people. The rest of the world was destroyed. God's going to do what he says he's going to do. What's he telling us today? Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. And that's what it's all about. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name? And that sounds like some good people, don't it? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. We're going to have to do what God said. We're going to have to do what the Bible says. We're not going to be able in the end to make a deal. We're not going to be able to talk our way in. I'm not going to get up there and he's going to say, well, you, you, know, you help some people out. You give some money here and there. Come on in since it's you. It ain't going to happen. Whoever does the will of the Father of, who is in heaven, that's who's going to get in. It doesn't matter what we have on this earth how big your house is, how many cars you have, how much land you own, how much money you're going to have in the bank, what kind of job you did. It doesn't matter. It's not ours anyway. It's God's. It's God's money. It's God's house. He gave it to us to use for him. In 1 Chronicles chapter 29, David was thanking the Lord for everything that he had. And listen to what he says. Blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our Father forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power and the glory, the victory and the majesty, for all that is in heaven and earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all. In your hand is power and might, in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Now, therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as this? For all things come from you, and of your own we have given you. He's thanking God for him to be able to give so willingly with something that wasn't his to start with. God gives it to us. He gives us our lives. He gives us our jobs, our money. It's his. It's not going to matter in the end how much we have. What's going to matter is, did we do God's will? And did we teach it to somebody else? Did we do what God told us to? And did we help somebody else along the way? Did we teach our family? Did we teach our friends? Did we teach a stranger the gospel of Jesus Christ? We had a man come in. Back in the summer, his name is Carl Sims, who does Bible studies. And we've told, talked about this. It's a simple Bible study. Even somebody like me can teach somebody the gospel. It's right back there in the back. You know, 
Are we going to use that? Are we going to be able to go out and teach someone? Can you go go tell someone how to be saved? Don't let someone or something keep you from heaven. If you've got a problem that's keeping you from being here or you've got something that's just bothering you, don't let it. Whatever it is, take care of it. Get it out of your life. Get it out of your head. We can't serve God if we're worried about worldly things. We can't serve God if we're worried about somebody else. The devil is laughing at us when we do that. The devil says, I got you right where I want you. You're not going to go to church because of whatever. He's tickled to death. We can't do that. Is it really that hard to be a Christian? Is it really that hard to be a Christian? You're going to live until you die. and You're going to be somewhere doing something. You're either going to make the right choice or the wrong choice. You're going to do the right thing or do the wrong thing. You've got to make a choice. You might as well make the right choice. Everybody turn your Bibles to James chapter 4. I love reading James. He just lays it out there just like it is, plain and simple. He teaches us how to live our lives. But chapter 4, I want to read it, and then I'll close. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world make himself, makes himself an enemy of God. In other words, if you're letting the world and the things of the world get between you and God, you're being unfaithful to God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? But he gives more grace, therefore he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. These next two verses right here, if we could just live by these next two verses, we wouldn't have any problems. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That right there takes care of a lot of problems if we just do that. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves on the side of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you're not a doer of the law, but a judge. There's one lawgiver who is able to save and destroy. Who are you to judge another? Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. We're here for a very short time. Miss Joanne preached a sermon in about five words down there at the hospital. She says, I know what it means when the Bible says a thief comes. 
that, uh, that your life is like a, a thief that comes in the middle of the night. And think about that. We're here for a short time. Are we going to let other things keep us from getting to heaven? Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance, and all such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. If you know to do good, and do it not, it's sin. That's what the Bible says. Are we going to be here tonight? Are we going to be here Wednesday night? Are we going to be here next Sunday morning for Bible study? Are we going to be servants of God? Are we going to get with the program that we're trying to, to install this year, the We Care program? You know, I hope we do. I love all of you. The elders love you. I love being here. I love my family. I want to be with my family in heaven. Don't you? I want to be with my family in heaven. I'm going to do... I'm going to try my best to do what I have to do to get there with them and with you. Don't let anything stand in your way. Don't let anything stand in your way of doing God's will. There's one person that came on this earth and lived and died and rose again and walked on this earth. There's only one, and that's Jesus Christ. And if we're going to do what he did, if we're going to go in that hole and get back out, then we've got to do what God tells us to is anybody here today that needs to be baptized? Or is anybody here today that needs prayers for the church or just wants to make things right? Won't you come as we stand and sing?